Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Well, hi, Joe. It's uh, great to have you on the Aritay podcast today. And uh, just prior to uh, our starting the conversation, you were saying that there's been a little earthquake where you are, so I appreciate that you've probably got some... uh, other things to put your attention on but just for the people listening in perhaps joe if you want to start with just letting us know a little bit about your current professional responsibilities okay thanks richard well currently i'm the ceo of crookal teralga aged care um for those that don't know where it is it's in the southern um part of new south wales we're about um 100 k's from Canberra, um, about a thousand metres above sea level to paint uh-huh. the scenery. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, was that an area that was affected with the uh, the bushfires at Christmas time? Yeah, we did have some of the edges. Mostly we had the smoke because we had smoke coming from south and north. So um, mostly we were just a bit of a trap for all the, the bushfire smoke. And um, obviously a lot of our staff and uh, staff families were involved in, in firefighting duty. So yeah, it was a very major time for us. I'm sure, and uh, it's been a year of uh, fires and then floods and then coronavirus and now apparently um, even earthquakes. <laughs> Indeed, it, it um, has, has been interesting to say the least, but, but we're coping. So oh, well, in my, go ahead. Yes, in my role, Richard, um, as CEO, I'm responsible for three arms to our service. One of them is um, Viewhaven Lodge, which is a residential aged care facility at Crookwell. Um, also Sunset Lodge, another residential aged care facility at Tarelga, and Upper Lachlan Community Care, which is the home care part of our, our organisation. Okay, and uh, how long has uh, CTAC uh, actually been in existence? Okay, well it formed together, it came together from two organisations that merged about uh, 12 years ago. So the Tarelga and Crookle entities were separate at that point in time. Um, what we've um, been able to, to do is put together a book actually on our history um, called For the Community, By the Community. Okay. Um, and it, it charts the history, but we're going on for about 45 mm. years in Tiralga and nearly 40 in Cookwell. So it's got a lot of longevity in the community. And so has that book been a best-selling hit? <laughs> well, it has in our area. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. How would somebody get a copy of that? Oh, they can order it through Viewhaven Lodge. Okay. All, oh, well. All, all proceeds are donated back to the facilities, which is lovely oh, fantastic. too. And is that, that's on your website, is it? Um, it is, and it's available by ringing, um, yes, Viewhaven Lodge. Oh, well, I have to, uh, I have to get a copy. Um, and so, Joe, uh, before we sort of get more into um, the actual... Uh, CTAC. Just uh, give me a bit of an idea about your background. Uh, uh, did you grow up in the region or where are you originally from? Okay, so I'm originally from Brisbane, but I have a lot of roots here in the local community. My mother grew up um, just outside of Cookville, um, all her, her, her childhood she had here. So I got to know the area quite well growing up, coming down to visit relatives and whatnot. But we came to the back to the area here about... Um, 
14 years ago. Okay. Um, my background is um, business in philanthropy and non-profit studies. So I studied at QUT in Brisbane yep. um, at the Australian Centre for Philanthropy and Non-Profit Studies. Um, and so both, mostly my background has been in operational management, um, either disability, aged care or community, um, probably and really the last uh, 10 years have focused on aged care. And what sponsored the move for you to the the region? Was it for a particular role or you just wanted to get back closer to your, uh, your family? Um, what was the motivation? Well, it was actually my husband. My husband's in IT, so he came back to Canberra to, to for, for his contract. So, right. um, yeah, that, that, that was the main reason. Uh-huh. Okay, great. And I note that you've um, been in your current role for just over seven years. That's right, and it's a role I very much enjoyed. Um, I am moving on for personal reasons, caring reasons, so yes. it's, it's not something that um, I've undertaken lightly. Uh, the decision to go, but um, with the full support of the board and, and my staff. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a fantastic role and I've enjoyed every moment of it. You know, some roles I've been in, you, you, you do tend to put in a lot more than you get back, but I think in this particular role, I've certainly got a lot more back. Oh, that's great. And so yeah, I, what I'm interested in, tell us a little bit about what uh, CTAC was like when you joined seven years ago and perhaps some of the, the key milestones over the seven years that you've been there. Sure, okay, when I first started the role, I took over from someone who'd been in the role for 25 years. Um, so they were big shoes to fill. Uh, he was right. an accountant. <laughs> yeah, um, lovely fellow and um, had a great handover from him. But we did take over, I took over with handwritten accounts. Um, he was a very good accountant but he hadn't entered the electronic world at that point. Right. So we had a big transition to firstly getting that up and running, um, transitioning all of our accounts over. We were also faced with the Living Longer, Living Better reforms that were coming in um, and the, the clawback on active funding. So it was a bit of a tense time the first couple of years, um, but the board worked with me. What we realised we had to do very quickly was diversify our funding um, which we did. We started up the Upper Lachlan Community Care arm of, of our business, um, and which has grown um, exponentially over the last seven years to be what it is today. So I think in terms of what the, the change too, um, culturally it was, it was a, uh, there were lots of hurdles to overcome and, and some of those hurdles are still there. We've got staff that have been in the organisation um, for 20, 25 years, 30, 35 years in some cases. Um, and, you know, that, that can often be difficult to work with. In the main, it works very well and we've got great teams, but that was a, a very big challenge. Um, mm -hmm. Particularly when funding was very tight when I first came on. Um, but, you know, that, that has eased up in recent times. And how big is the team there, Jo? So, in total, we've got 120 staff. Uh, mostly whom are permanent part-time, very few casuals. We bring people on board fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and we've probably got about 10 people that are on full-time, but the, the main um, are permanent part-time with a few casuals. Okay. And I think uh, from my prior conversation with you, the home care part of your business is really where you see the future growth potential, isn't it? That's correct. Richard, what we tend to do, and it, it, it is about building relationships with people from the very beginning. So 
the way we look at our, our, our service is, is a continuum of care. So we, we bring people on board, you know, in those initial stages, usually through our Commonwealth Home Support Program, the basic level of care. We build that relationship with them and, and they learn to trust us and we trust them. And then they move through through the, to the higher levels of care, um, home care packages, um, and often some entering our facilities later on for respite or, or full-time care. So that home care is, is very important. Um, we put a lot of effort into getting the base level services um, going and, and seeking every opportunity we, we can to expand those base level services because we know they're going to transition into that, that, that more ongoing relationship and, and building of care throughout their time with us. Okay, and I think you were also telling me that your residential uh, facilities are pretty much always 100% booked and you've got a, a waiting list as well. That's right. So um, I'm not sure what the state average is at the moment, but I know it was around about 92%, but we run at 99.9% our occupancy um, across both facilities. Um, sometimes that goes a little bit haywire, but in the main, you know, we're, we're looking um, to keep those statistics up because that keeps us viable. Okay, and so part of uh, this, the, the future, at least in the short term, is uh, building some new facilities, I understand. Yeah, so the opportunities that will come with the um, with the role are the fact that we're currently just in negotiations with council. We have adjoining the opportunity um, adjoining Newhaven Lodge at Crookwell to acquire a block of land that will uh, look after the future expansion of Newhaven Lodge. Mm -hmm. um, the, on the other side of Newhaven, Newhaven's um, actually on a corner. Um, we have the option of picking up some land from council again. Uh, we're just um, finalising some of those deals um, to be able to put in independent living units and perhaps even link across to Sunset Viewhaven uh, Lodge so um, we have a streamlined facility, if you like. Okay. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned earlier that you've been in the role for seven years. You've thoroughly enjoyed it and, uh, you know, it, you're, you're disappointed to some degree that you have to exit. So, Joe, you know, if you were to describe the culture of the business and... Uh, and the things that you've most enjoyed, what would you say? I would describe the culture as um, very much person-centred care, but also relational care. So that's what I try to bring into um, our organisation, is that the fact that you have a relationship with everyone that you come across. You try and build that relationship and build that level of trust. Um, coming into smaller communities, you realise that you need to do business that way. People won't trust you if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's very important. Um, I think anyone walking in would have to, to some extent, do that, that the same thing because they would have to, um, you know, gain that trust if they're not local. Um, we do have pretty amazing people. Uh, our team excellent, I would say. Um, I would say the trust and rapport that I have with my current management team is very good. Um, you know, we very much understand each other, we very much look after each other and we're very much pulling in the same direction. Um, I must say, I don't think I've had anyone pull away, which is a good thing in the time I've been there. But bearing in mind, it is only a small management team, so you, you are working closely with a small group of people. And then the rest of the people are really your field workers. Um, so, you know, your, your RNs and your, your home care staff and your care service employees and our hospitality staff, our maintenance staff, but still it is about just 
just knowing them and the way they operate. Mm. And uh, I remember when we were talking about the uh, the brief for the role, you know, your staff live in the area, the your clients or your residents uh, live in the area. So you, that that level of interconnectedness and, and, as you say, relationships is even more critical, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and it, it has its, its, its positives, but it also has its negatives. So we're very much about everyone is connected to someone else in some way. In, in, in the organisation and in the community, and, and which is great, which is why very much they feel a part of the organisation and they feel like they take some ownership of it too, which is, you know, you know quite unusual really, very different to um, living in suburbia. But, mm. you know, it is something we always push very strongly about professional boundaries as well. So whilst um, we do have that connected, connectedness, um, staff always uh, have to be very aware of the professional boundaries that you know when they are at work. Um, sure. Which we, we we do a lot of work with. And so, uh, when you look to the future for the CTAC, I mean, you've spoken a little bit about some new construction work and the the ongoing development of your home care business. But what are, what are the kinds of things that you're quite excited about for? the organisation in the sort of the medium term? Okay, well, I think there's a real gap there at the moment. What we have is a lot of people coming in off their farms. They're looking for somewhere else to live. They're looking for care, but maybe not straight up. So that's where we see this real um, possibility now to be building independent living units to start mm -hmm. with at Cookwell. What I didn't mention before, we also have six or so acres at uh, Chiralga as well to be able to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think that with the changing nature of aged care, we're going through a Royal Commission at the moment, we're starting to see some really innovative ways of um, having self-care at home and that home becoming um, an aged care bed into the future. And I think that's where we will have a lot of fun, or the organisation will have a lot of fun um, and exciting times about what those possibilities are and how mm -hmm. we can make them work for our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, interesting choice of word, fun, and uh, I think that that sort of comes about because obviously you you really enjoy and, and in some respects must find the role quite fun for yourself. Indeed, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a joy to come to work every day, and I can honestly say I think that the team around me would say the same thing. Um, you know, the load is shared, which is also a really great thing when you've got a team where you can share the load, and um, you know, people feel that they. Are also can spread their wings a bit, and that's something that I've always, um, um, I feel is important in, in managerial roles. Oh, that's great. I mean, certainly uh, when we spend more time at work than we do at home with our loved ones, uh, at the very least, you'd like to have some elements of it that are fun. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, and for people who are not familiar with the region, uh, you know, what's uh, to, how would you best describe the region? Uh, well, what are some of the things that people get up to and, and the attractions? Well, it's very much um, become uh, a region for tourism. So people come on the weekends to tour around. Well, we are what we call the Shire of Villages. So everywhere is not far from another village, if you like. Uh, Crookwell and Taralga are only about 40 minutes apart, 35 minutes apart. Um, I live in Gunning, which is a little way down the mountain, which again is only another half an hour's drive away. Goulburn, which is a more regional uh, area, is only half an hour away. And then you've got Canberra an hour away. 
Um, we mostly, it is fine wool growing area, uh, sheep, um, uh, graziers. Um, but we also, um, not being far from Canberra, get a lot of bikes and cars and clubs coming out on the weekends. Um, the okay. restaurants have really taken off as well. We've got some, some fantastic restaurants that people um, come out to um, make, making special visits for. The weather is very uh, different. I think we have the distinct four seasons. We um, quite often will get snowed in in winter, usually for right. a day or so. <laughs> but, um, but then we do get that, that, the lovely spring and um, autumn as well. Um, oh, is it? I mean, is it a commutable distance from Canberra? Do people live in the area and drive or commute to work in Canberra and vice versa? I believe they do. Um, you know, that that is a bit of a height. Um, but given you know some of the commutes that people in in Sydney and 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 other capitals do, um, I guess it is fast moving a fast moving um, trip. But right, um, certainly no one in our organisation works in, uh, lives in Canberra. But I wouldn't say that that people couldn't do it. Okay, and so coming back to the role, obviously we're having um, a conversation because uh, for people who are considering it as the next uh, career opportunity for them. Yeah, if you were if you were in their shoes, what would some, be some of the things that you'd be wondering, and and how would you answer those? I guess I'd be wondering about the community. Um, you know, the size of the community. You know, we've got about six thousand people in our in our um, shire. Mm -hmm. To answer that question, um, you know, we do have good internet. We do have good schools. You know, within half an hour, that's something that I think is important. I have a um, teenage son, so it, it was important to me moving to the area to know that um, we, we can get the education that we want. Um, I think that it's the, the cost of housing is not excessive. Um, you know, there's a good opportunity to have a good lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, it's certainly a more rural lifestyle if you're into, um, you know, horses or, or, or um, uh, gardening and things like that. You know, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and you mentioned one of the sort of critical attributes for anybody coming into this role was just a genuine desire to participate in the community and to get to know everybody at a personal level. What what do you think are some of the other uh, attributes that people should be thinking about in terms of themselves to know whether they're right for the role or not? Okay. Well, certainly being able to get on with people. Um, across the board and as I mentioned before you know you are dealing with, with, with some highly skilled people some highly educated people you're also dealing with people that are very much you know a critical part of what it is or who it is we are that might not have those those same um, levels of education so being able to be inclusive of everyone is just so important mm -hmm. um, but at the same time to be able to show leadership as well you know you know, look at, looking at times like we've, we've had recently um, with, with COVID-19, you know, being able to reach out and communicate to everyone and through these critical times mm. um, is so very important. And across the whole organisation, not just to staff, but to board members and to, to um, our residents, to our clients and to our wider community as well. Um, I think the media is very important as well. They, they like to know what's happening. Um, so being able to build up that good relationship with um you know, the, the local media um, mm -hmm. and the other key stakeholders as well. Mm -hmm. um, we've also set up what we call the interagency, uh, an interagency group um, that meets 
um, regularly. I think that's very important. You know, whilst not everyone has a footprint out in the area, it's good to know who we've got around us and who we can turn to and um, and, and anyone that's, that is delivering services out our way. Okay, great. And Joe, um, uh, just before we wrap it up, uh, you know, is there anything else that uh, perhaps I haven't asked you or you'd like to uh, add to the conversation specifically in relation to uh, this work that's now being done to find uh, somebody uh, to step into your shoes? Oh, I think I'd just like to say that it's a great opportunity. I think that if someone wants to come on board and be very genuine and, um, you know, take on um, the, the, or the role to the next level with the independent living units and the opportunities that, that it creates, I think mm -hmm. it would be a really great time for them. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, and I'm sure that uh, you, uh, as you said, are exiting for uh, um, for personal reasons. But in terms of you know some of the other things that you're looking forward to doing once you leave, you know, what's on the agenda? Oh uh, well, I've certainly got my mum in the in the forefront of what we're doing. So yeah. we'll be on a journey with her, which um, I think you know we will. You know, something I haven't been able to do in this role because, um, but you know, the role is, is quite, um, does take up quite a lot of my time. So mm -hmm. I'll be certainly looking forward to just spending the next few months with her and working out a way forward. But yeah. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks, Joe. I really appreciate your time today and have a wonderful afternoon. Great. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for listening to the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like to accelerate your executive career journey, Richard invites you to join his CEO Incubator community on LinkedIn. Just search for CEO Incubator in LinkedIn groups and click on the Ask to Join button to apply. We'll see you in the community. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network.